You're listening to WCOM LP 103.5 FM Carborough and Chapel Hill. It's a Tuesday, it's five o'clock, and that only means one thing. It's time for another round of Snarky Faith with your host, Stuart Deloney. This is a space where we irreverently wrestle through life, culture, and spirituality, all with our heads in the clouds, our tongues in our cheeks, our hearts in our sleeves, and our feet on the ground. At Snarky Faith, the questions or even the answers are never the point. It's all about the conversation. So here's your host... Stuart Deloney. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another round of Snarky Faith Radio. I'm your host, Stuart Deloney, and it's Tuesday. How's everyone's week so far? I know it's early. I know it's hard to tell so far, but really, how's everyone doing? You know me, I'm doing pretty terrible. Thanks to the dang Olympics. Sorry for you Olympic lovers out there. I just somehow had assumed John Oliver was coming back. No, not another week. Oh, oh, first world problems. Yes, I have them. No, actually, I'm doing quite well. And this week, we've got a special treat for you. We're going to be sitting down with author Chris Kratzer. And I think you're going to kind of like it. I think you're going to dig Chris. Because Chris is just a pretty cool dude. And I, I just, yeah, after our conversation, I was just like, I was all smiles to this whole conversation. He's one of those brothers from another mother. And once you kind of find and connect with those people, you're like, wow, this is just this is really cool. So, yeah, so that's happening. But before that, I wanted to read to you guys this. And it's something that we've been saying on this show. And this is an article that was from Dead State, um, deadstate.org, uh, entitled, U.S. Churches Are Costing Taxpayers $71 Billion a Year by James Forsyth. And I'm just going to go ahead and read a lot of this and talk just a little bit about it. But uh, the article starts by saying this. A 2015 study says that tax-exempt churches in the United States are costing citizens uh, $71 billion each year in tax breaks. And according to the Secular Policy Institute, religious groups receive uh, $35.3 billion in federal income tax subsidies, $26.2 billion in property tax credits, they also enjoy $6.1 billion in state income tax, $1.2 billion uh, of parsonage, and $2.2 billion in faith-based initiative subsidies. Now, the Secular Policy Institute also reports that if religious organizations, which could be anything from churches, synagogues, mosques, were taxed like for-profit agencies, um, it found that it could generate $71 billion a year in tax revenue. Now. Here's my, my little pushback here, and I'll get back to the article uh, on this. Um, to some degree, there are good nonprofit organizations out there, and there may be a few good churches out there that are actually managing their money not like a for-profit organization. Uh, but, but by and large, <laughs> that's just not true. The article goes on to quote um, the Secular Policy Institute saying, even if churches were merely held to the standard of other nonprofit agencies, this could still generate $16.75 billion in tax revenue per year. The report es uh, estimate for both uh, the total subsidies enjoyed by religious organizations, but they do not account for tax credits like sales tax, local sales, and income tax, uh, taxes that volunteer labor subsidy and donor tax exemptions. Now, many Americans believe religious organizations require these heavy tax burdens for their use um, in charitable works. 
right? Right. We would all say, sure, yeah, they're nonprofits. They're doing tons of charitable works. Right, right, right. Well, the article continues. However, uh, researchers at Secular Humanism report that many popular churches are, in fact, using far less of their funds compared to nonprofits. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before on the show. And so they go on to, to say this, quote, the Mormon church, for example, spends roughly 0.7%, 0.7% of its annual income on charity. Their study of 271 congregations found an average of 71% of the revenues going to operating expenses. Compare this to the American Red Cross, which uses 92.1% of revenues for physical assistance and just 7.9% on operating expenses. Now, the authors also note that Walmart, for instance, gives about $1.75 billion um, in food aid to charities each year, or 28 times all of the money allotted for charity by the United Methodist Church, almost double that uh, of the LDS Church, that, that the LDS Church has actually given in the past 25 years. Oh, this is fun stuff. This is fun stuff. And I'll just finish up what they had said in the article here. While some churches actually participate in charitable works, some... Uh, they do not perform half as much humanitarian aid as true nonprofit organization. According to uh, Patheos, uh, churches should be entitled to the same tax breaks as other charitable groups as long as they are held to the same standard and not given a free pass to tax-free status that they currently enjoy. That's what I've been saying. Seriously, if we can actually see churches run like true nonprofit organizations doing good in the communities, I think that's better for everybody. I think it's actually better for Christianity. I think it's better for the churches if they are going to reallocate how they spend their money. Because right now, most of the money goes towards putting on the Sunday morning show, which is sad and futile and really has nothing to do with Christianity. But again, you've heard me say this before. Uh, before we get too much into these weeds, <laughs> and on the same tangent, we're going to be talking about the institutional church with author Chris Kratzer. I think you're going to enjoy this and... Here's my interview with him as I sit down. Enjoy. So I'm sitting here with Chris Kratzer, uh, who's an author, a blogger, and really, what I want to say this is the voice of reason, <laughs> especially when we were talking about <laughs> Christian America. Um, Chris, I, I got connected with through the documentary, uh, In God We Trump. And if you want to continue to check that out, it's ingodwetrumpfilm.com. And, and Chris, thank you so much for being on the show. Absolutely. And, and so, Chris, you know, through stuff I've read from you and st stuff that I've kind of gathered a little bit through our conversations already so far today before we started recording, um, you've been on a journey. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so uh, I know you're talking you, you've had a lot of your career being a pastor. So can you give us like give us like a rundown of the journey of Chris? Well, well, um, you know, um, I think I first began sensing a call to ministry back in middle school and high school. I'd had a pretty rough uh, childhood in terms of family life and health issues, which quickened my senses towards spiritual things and emotional things and just found myself, you know, wanting to help people and, and take some of those experiences. And then um, – I was raised in a Lutheran, uh, primarily Lutheran denominational setting, an ELCA uh, setting. And so when I felt a call or desire to become a pastor, the ELCA was just kind of by default 
the dominant denomination that I was connected with. I had done my um, four years of college as a as a music guy, um, and then went to a four year seminary um, uh, for my ELCA ordination, and started off in the ELCA, and um, and and that was that went well. Um, you know, I spent five years in the ELCA, but then. Um, got started to get connected with a more conservative flavor of, of Christianity, mainly Southern Baptist. And, um, you know, I guess my ego and, um, my desire to, uh, flame that and become a mega pastor. And, you know, you see, you know, back then that was just all really, you know, with the purpose driven church and Rick Warren, that was all starting to really, uh, come to the table and wow, that was just like, uh, you know, crack cocaine to, uh, a, a, a young pastor in terms of, you know, Hey, I can be the next Bill Hybels or Rick Warren. And so I just, well, I snorted that stuff pretty good. And, um, so then, uh, you know, I was like, wow, um, this isn't happening in the ELCA. And, um, you know, and I looked to the horizon and saw, man, it's primarily these evangelical conservative churches that are really having that kind of vibe. So anyway, long story short, and there was some issues in the ELCA at the time that really uh, I had some concerns about, believe it or not. Um, I was concerned about the openness to homosexuality and ordaining homosexuals. I was concerned about infant baptism. Uh, you know, and uh, those theological issues, along with just seeing where the ELCA was going in church philosophy at the time, troubled me enough to where um, when the opportunity came to switch teams uh, and go into a, a very contemporary, large, evangelical, Southern Baptist um, setting, I switched. And uh, I left the Lutheran denomination and uh, started a very modern yet conservative, the theologically conservative church. Uh, and, uh, that went well and then ended up, um, basically from that point on pastoring, you know, what would be considered conservative evangelical churches from that point on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, probably gosh, starting five or six years ago, maybe seven, um, you know, it's interesting. It's kind of hard to to really point the fingers at all the different little things that happened to, to create the change. But I think it started when we adopted a couple of children from China. Mm-hmm. And um, we went over there. We flew over there twice and spent four weeks over there total. Uh, our translator was a, a, a lady who was a Christian. And she was just sharing with me because she knew as a pastor, just the whole underground and the whole uh, plight of people who are Christian in China. And I'm honestly thinking to myself as I come back from that, thinking, holy crap, you know, here we are arguing about the stinking color of carpets and and how much the stained glass window is going to be. And, you know, who's got mud on their shoes and all this kind of, you know, and the. And, and I'm just thinking, these people are literally dying for their faith. They're, 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 you know, they're risking everything. And here, American Christianity is such a, such a bratty kid. And, um, and I can I came back really, Stuart. I came back thinking, what the hell am I doing? I am wasting my freaking life here. 
Um, and, and this is just, there's something not right here and it really unsettled my spirit. And, and then later on, um, you know, I had, I had left that church, not for, uh, any theological reasons, but just from some, some other reasons, um, in terms of the direction of the church. Uh, but then, you know, my, my mentor and pastor for many, many years, almost a lifelong uh, mentor, had called me up and said, hey, Chris, you know, I want you to start listening to a couple of these preachers who are sharing this message of pure grace. And he said, wow, this, this is just incredible stuff. And, it, uh, and, I, and I said, OK, I'll, I'll listen to it. And literally I started listening to it. I was very offended at first. I was, you know, uh, you know uh, just pissed off that he would even suggest I believe in any of this stuff. And but I kept listening and I literally spent probably an hour and a half to two hours every day for about two or three weeks listening and listening to some of these folks who are teaching this stuff. And finally it clicked, you know, finally like the, the, you know, the lights, you know, went off and, and I, and I, and it just, and I tasted it and was like breathing for the first time. And, you know, and, and, and what was most troubling me was that for so long, you know, um, I think pastors must become good at pretending, you know, if, if you're going to be in, in conservative evangelical Christianity, it's a, it's, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors and fakery. And because evangelical Christianity, the conservative thing that that gospel does not work. It, it, you, you don't get better. You only get better at playing the game. And, um, and, and, and there was areas of, of, of brokenness and sin in my life that were not getting any better. And, and I realized, and, 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 but yet when I got to this grace thing, oh my God, all of a sudden it's like, this is working. This is not just working with me. It's working in my marriage. It's working with my kids. It's working in my spirit. And I'm like, wow, th this is it. This is what it's all been about. And I, and I've, and I've missed it for so many years, but thank God I've got it now. And, um, and so that's kind of, you know, uh, the beginning of that. And then of course, with the issues of LGBTQ, you know, that, you know, that led to really reconsidering my beliefs that I'd had about that. And, um, and that's kind of brings you up to speed a little bit. I mean, it's been some years, but a little bit to where I am at now. Awesome. Awesome. I, first of all, I appreciate you just your honesty and candor and how you're expressing your journey here. Cause I love it. I love it. So one thing I want to ask you about this, you talked about this, and you're not wrong, but you'd used, because um, again, I think our listeners know this. I don't know how much you know this. Like I've been around Southern Baptist culture. I was raised around this. But you'd mentioned that, especially in the conservative realms, that there's a lot of playing the game. Oh, God, it is a can, game. It is a game. It is. Can, can you unpack that a little bit? Well, it has to be a game because there's nothing of divine truth to it. You know, when when... You know, when when you don't have the real gospel, everything becomes a game of control and manipulation and performance and and trying to look the part. And, you know, as a pastor, having been there, I think that's the one thing, you know, I've lived this thing from A to Z for a long time. And, you know, it, when you when you step out of it, you realize, oh, my God, what the hell have I been a part of? I mean, it is really, I, you know, you probably saw the article where I, I labeled evangelical Christianity the Antichrist. I mean, it is so everything against Jesus. I mean, when you really start mm -hmm. to get to it and we've really, 
I think we've missed it, you know. Uh, but but it, it is it is. I mean, it is because listen, you you can't you can't do evangelical Christianity. You can't do it and do it without failing and falling short and being filled with shame and guilt and and um, arrogance and elitism and adopting all. You can't do that and not become those things. It's a system that can only produce that kind of hollow fruit. There's just no other way about it in my mind. Well, Chris, I'm going to tell you, I'm greatly offended by you calling evangelicals as the Antichrist. <laughs> I'm mainly just offended by the fact it's, that you did it first. The system. Um, <laughs> uh, and no, you're right. You're, you're totally on point with that because I'd worked for a number of years with an evangelistic. I mean, let's call uh, it what it is, right? Oh, yes. I mean, right. it, what, what, oh, what, yeah. what help is it to people? I mean, I'm seriously, what help is it to people to to lack clarity about what is sitting in the room? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, any, I, and people, you know, they want to tone police the crap on me. I'm like, listen, I, I'm just telling you how far we've fallen from grace. If that's a problem to you, don't get mad at mm-hmm. me. Get mad at the reality. Yeah. No, you're totally right. And like, I, I, here's some advice. Not for you, but really just for anyone listening here. So if you're working as I was for an evangelistic nonprofit organization, don't start questioning what it means um, to share the gospel with people, oh. um, especially when you're sharing it with people that are in urban poor areas, uh, whereas the gospel simply just means you check the box and you move on because we like having numbers to be able to tell our donors about how many conversions we've had, as opposed to when I was got to the point of being on a leadership board of said organization where you begin to question the fact of, I know we can go to events and we can produce events where, I mean, in all honesty, if you've been around church work for a long period of time, it's not hard to emotionally manipulate people. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like if you've been on stage preaching, like it's, it's easy. And, 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 and so my question then was like, yeah, so if you, if, if you're doing this for numbers to keep the organization afloat, just tell me, because I'll do that. I know how to emotionally manipulate the hell out of people for, on stage. But if we're honestly being real about this, what are we inviting people into? Aside from check a box, pray a prayer, and say, go on with your life um, type of a situation. Because you're right. I mean, this is. It, it's become a huge sham. Um, it, even, it's it, the equivalent yes. of the spirit. It's, it's a spiritual Borg. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, yes. resistance is futile. Yes, and yes. simulation, it, 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 and and see it, but it, it, it's an intoxicating thing, Stuart, because it appeals to the flesh, mm-hmm. and the flesh, in my mind, is not this carnal thing. The flesh, in my mind, is anything that leads you to go outside of God hmm. for what you truly need in your life. I mean, and and when you go to I mean, everything about evangelicalism is a replacement for grace. Yeah. You know, it's a replacement. It says, you do this, you sign on this line, you become a member, you perform these things, you pray harder, you study harder, you, you know, don't drink, don't chew, and don't go with girls that do. You know, if you if you, <laughs> if you have these things going on, then God will bless you, then God will love you, and all things will be good. But, but it, it is totally um, – it is totally empty in the sense that 
enough is never going to be enough. And that's what they're counting on. That's mm-hmm. what brings you back. I mean, how many, I mean, you can't even do one sermon that a evangelical pastor preaches, let alone all, of, you know, 52 weeks in a year of them, you know, so you're left hungry enough to come back. You're never satisfied mm-hmm. because you know, be, because your performance is always going to break down. You're, no, you're right. You're, you're totally right about that. And which is funny because I often end up somehow like blending them ideologically, not, and I understand there's a difference, but it's the whole same thing with the prosperity gospel. You know, as long as you're leaving people psychologically feeling they're not on the right plane with God, you've got them hooked. Absolutely. And you can continue just to push, 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 push. And you hold hell into the balance. If you hold hell into the balance, holy crap. I mean, you know, the fear of hell, I mean, I mean, that's some powerful manipulative uh, stuff when you really start to look under the hood of it. Mm Mm-hmm. No, you're, you're, you are absolutely right about this, which is exactly why I wanted you on the show today. Because so what we're trying to do here, and this is going to be the Chris, the Chris Krasser. So this is the, our, you know, Trump had State of the Union was like two weeks ago, which was, which was beautiful. It was bigly. It was wonderful. It was a load of crap. But, um, but this is kind of like the state of the institutional church is what we're going to kind of move through. So, uh, so, so Chris, as you said on your, uh, throne of knowledge that we that i have no i don't even know what that means but um (laughs) no so so from your opinion like what is your state like what is the state of the institution when you look out across like the american landscape and you see american christianity you know what do you see at this place in history right now well you know the thing about it is you know and i and people know that I speak a lot about chasing the evils out of the shadows of conservative evangelical Christianity. But the truth of the matter is, when it comes to the purity of the gospel in terms of being completely grace, that it's all grace in, in every aspect of it, and, and then, you know, um, there – in my uh, my sense of the landscape of American Christianity, there is a religious spirit that obviously is highly rampant in evangelical Christianity, but is not to say that that is not present in much of American Christianity. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's I think I mean if you take even your progressive churches, you know, there's a lot of you know ritual and. Um, you know, sacramental systems and things like that, they're very conditional, very um, uh, against the message of grace. So, you know, I, I you know, I obviously, I, I don't know if this is, I, I pick on evangelical conservatism, but in terms of state of American Christianity, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of um, manifestations of religious spirit within, within it all. And much of it, I would say, um, um, but I, I think American Christianity has gotten so freaking corporate and, you know, the franchise of Jesus. And, and a lot of it has to do with pastors and and who can build the biggest castle and and and, and the ego behind that and um, and the, the personal ministry empire building. And, you know, you know, what was really interesting to me is I thought, holy crap, Stuart, I thought once we get into the progressive realm of things, the issues of LGBTQ are going to be so important and so passionate that that we're we're not we're going to be above this personal ministry franchising crap. Well, let me tell you something. 
that is it, it is everywhere. Progressive, middle, I don't care where you're on the spectrum, you're gonna find someone trying to build their own island and build their own ministry thing. And 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 they they will they will they will step on you if you get in their path. And and so I think you know the American this American dream thing that we've had as a country where it's just building it and and me, 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 and finding my purpose and finding the big thing that God wants me to do. You know, that is such not good, you know, um, uh, and it's become so narcissistic and self-centered that it's very hard to find a church experience that isn't some way driven by performance and, um, and personal gain. I mean, and I, that sounds really negative, and I and I don't mean to be that way, but I do, you know. And it's not. I know this because I was that guy. I was participating in that, you know. I was that person, and, and I know it's everywhere. I mean, you, you, it, it really has become less. You know, I think we love the idea of church more than we love what church really should be about. You know, everybody says they want to reach people, but they really don't. You know. I mean, I've had probably two or three churches interview me to try to come back into ministry, right? And I swear to God, Stuart, I I, I literally got off an interview. You're gonna you're gonna probably you're probably gonna wet yourself when you hear this. This is supposed to be a super progressive church. They're like, man, Chris, you come in here. This would be a great fit. We're theologically diverse. Blah blah blah. I get into this interview, right? And there's this. It was a Skype interview, and they 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 move the they move the camera so I can see this 70 year old lady who's been the choir director since the birth of Jesus. And she she first question to me was this. She says, and this is an interview. This we're dating, right? We're dating as a we're dating right now. This is this is the first we've had our glass of wine. We're dating, right? And this is her woo. This is her woo. She says to me, she says, Chris. She says, I saw some of your messages online. And and there, you know, I saw what you were wearing, and I saw the passion in which you gave. And I'm wondering, how are you going to be attractive to some of my older friends in the congregation? And I and was, listen, I love this. This is like evangelical Tinder uh, that you're going after here. And I'm thinking to myself. We can dress up church in any level you want. You can brand it progressive. You can brand it whatever. And I'm just thinking, are you kidding me? This, this is this is what we're talking about as we look for a, 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 the future pastor of our church. And I don't even know what I'm talking about. What we were what were we talking about, Stuart? I was making. A- no, no, no. We were talking. No, you're great. This is this is beautiful because I. The funny thing, I have been in in those situations too, and and I mean, you're not you, wrong. You do- it happens. It it is. It it happens. Like you go back to mentioning the Borg earlier, and I'm kind of like. Wait, I've heard this all before. There's a certain like voice. There's a certain like level of just, uh, which is funny, especially when you're in those kind of board meetings. You would assume people had a better filter. You're like, do you really hear what you sound like well, see, when they're the asking point. you these questions? <laughs> I know, but they don't. That's the and, sticking and, point: is that they think that that's normal. They think yes, that is church. Yes. They think that they 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 think that they're doing a service to the kingdom of God by making that point. And I'm like, are you, are you out of your mind? <laughs> well, see that, talking- and, and the simple answer is 
Yeah, kind of. <laughs> and, and that's just, you know, we talk about the state of church in America. Yeah. And and I hate to be negative. I have a lot of hope. I love church, but but I don't I don't see I don't see church I don't see the I don't see the manifestation of God's desires for church happening in mm-hmm. church anymore. I see it happening in all other places besides you know the 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 uh, the formal church in America. Mm-hmm. It it feels like I I feel like oftentimes what we begin to see is I feel like God is moving in what people would call accidental situations. Um, as opposed to, you know, uh, institutional situations. I feel like, you know, I feel like God is moving outside of those uh, large buildings and spires, and I think God continues to move in surprising areas. Yeah. But again, like these formal areas where they're systematic and programmatic. Well, uh, here's the deal, you know. For me, I think that more and more people are going to realize you know, you were before we got on air here. You were talking about your tribe and trying to find a tribe, and, and in my mind, my my thought immediately goes to, you are the tribe. You are the you are a manifestation of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit living in you. You are all. You are the big thing. You are the tribe. You are the presence of Jesus. And so, so if you really, in my mind, in my the way I think, that the whole world is the sanctuary. You know, hmm. and, 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 you know, uh, you know, this, I, you know, when, when Jesus spoke about when two or more people are gathered, I don't think what he was going for was a physical reality. I, I don't think he was talking about when two people are just next to each other. I think what he was going for when, when two people are, when, when two people are gathered in their loving, in, 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 in their, their, doing Jesus with each other, there you have it. It doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, when, when, when they're gathered for the, the expression of love and community there, that's it. That's it right there. It, and that's not only it, that's all of it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. No, I, th- I think you're, I think you're absolutely right within that. So, so, okay. So we will get to hopeful. We will get to hopeful. We want to do some damn deep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get hopeful, but not yet. Okay, so here's so I, I want the, I want the Chris Kratzer view of like say that that things stay in the same evangelical conservative Trumpian plane. What do you see the future without anything changing right now of American Christianity? Get prophetic, brother. Well, you know, um, I think you're going to see. If if conservative evangelical gets its way, it will dominate the entire world. And and in doing so, they'll think they're ushering in the kingdom. I mean, I, I, I you know, some people say, well, it's going to die off because people will people will you know wake up and realize. I, I don't know that it's ever going to die off, but I think you'll certainly more, have a more clear divide. Um, mm. You know, I think I think, you know, it, they're only going to put their feet into the ground harder. Um, mm. You know, I think you know it's kind of, you know, you, unfortunately, it, it just you know um, I think it will just reinvent itself in in different manifestations. 
um, that religious spirit will always be there and and how it manifests you know right now it's an evangelical christianity and who knows what that's going to look like in the future i just i don't see good things you know coming um yet i do see you know um that are there are a lot of people who are waking up um to other things how that's going to play out that's hard to know okay so are you open i'm going to give you a little we're going to do the psychologically speaking some word association right can you handle a little bit of game on that? Let's, yeah, I think so. Okay, okay, okay. So I'll just I'll I'll say a word or a phrase, and you just say the first thing that comes to mind. Be honest. So first one, Franklin Graham, asshole. <laughs> That's probably the nicest thing I could say about him. <laughs> great, great, beautiful. Um, Jesus. Race. Mm. Conservative. Misleading. Thoughts and prayers. Pretentious. Jerry Faldwell Jr. Dirty old man. <laughs> Good. Um, Grace. Jesus. <laughs> Trump. Man. I was going to say pussy, but that may be not a good, a, a good thing. If you throw a grabber in there, it works. Well, but, uh, I'm just going to say you are what you grab. That's quite prophetic there. And uh, so lastly, I'll ask you on this one is church. Depressing. Mm. Mm. So we will move towards hope. But what, what I wanted you to do is I wanted to hone your mind just for a moment. Um, so what is one thing? I'm going to give you one thing that currently pisses you off the most about Christianity in America? One thing. The selfishness. So when we talk about church and we talk about selfishness, we talk about Christianity, we talk about institutional church, we talk about conservatism, we talk about Trump, blah, 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 all that fun stuff. Um, from your perspective, what can and what should those of us that don't like what's happening right now, what can and should we do? I think you should find your own way. I mean, I, I think you should, you should, without any guilt, without any regret. I mean, not that, that that's not easy. I'm not saying that this is easy because we had to go through the, the process to arrive at this conclusion. But I think that, that having taken that transition, I pray that every person would find the place in their spirit where they can, without regret, without hesitation, without restraint, realize that, that they are the presence of Christ, that, that there's nothing wrong with them, that they are whole, complete, righteous, saved, and all humanity is in Christ, um, that God is in all, he is all and in all and everything. And with that freedom, you know, to just simply be you fully, and 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 do what you love to do in ways that honor God, and let the rest take care of itself. I mean, and and you know, 
uh, walk away, you know, walk, walk. I mean, listen, you know, this idea that that church is where it's at and that if I don't have some kind of church experience in my life, then something's wrong with me and I'm naked and blah, blah, blah. And that's a hard that's a hard um, a hard thing to let go because we've been so indoctrinated in that. But there's so much freedom. Oh, my gosh. There's so much freedom when you realize you are a walking trinity and the world is your sanctuary and just do what you love. Be yourself. That is that is more than enough. You know, because God's grace is sufficient. I am always sufficient, always sufficient. You know, so, there, there, you know, there's no big thing for you to do. You are the big thing that God is doing. So just go be you, do what you love to do in ways that honor God. And that's church. That's, that's it to me. Does that make sense? Mm. No, it does. I love it. I love it. I'm like, uh, you're, you're like, I feel like I'm being ministered to right now. Um, in the midst of this and, and ministry doesn't have to be a dirty word. Um, in, in all that you're saying too with this. So, so with all that being said, what, what is something that gives you hope right now? Well, that, that gives me a lot of hope that, I mean, God, I mean, it's just, I, you know, it, it's, it bright. And this is why I write. I mean, it just breaks my heart to think of the person I was and to think of the, 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 the crap I slung into people's lives and the way I set into motion by the message I adopted and the person I was and the pastor just set into motion so many things that were just not, you know, truly of God in the gospel. And, um, and, and my hope is in being able to give, you know, help people to experience and to make this transition and awaken to grace and all of its ramifications and, and just how freeing it is when you realize just who you are and, and, and God's adoration for you and, and, and that God is truly, really, really good. And you don't have to prop him up. You don't have to make excuses for him. Well, you know, there's a hill, but God's just in making it. You don't have to do that crap anymore. You don't have to dance around things. You just, God is love. Okay, that's it. Done. Period. Full stop. That's all we have to know. That's all we have to understand. Now just go be that. And wherever that takes you is wherever that takes you. And, and thank God you don't have to have an accountability partner. You don't have to. <laughs> I swear to God, if I hear someone, you know, I mean, you don't. I mean, it's just I, I feel I, I just, you know, I, my heart, my hope is that people will taste and see this. And they're like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. This is so true. This rings so to my spirit. I can never go back. And, and I think that's happening. I think there's a wave of that happening. And I just hope to be a part of, of, of that wave. So what, what is feeding you right now? Like what, what, what keeps you going? Lots of porn, um, <laughs> craft beer. No, I'm just kidding. Um, right now, to be honest with you, um, writing this book, I think is, is feeding me, you know, I, Here's the thing, and this may sound crazy, but I really believe that we all have the mind of Christ in us. You know, when when it opens up in the in the in the Gospel of John that God has given His light to all humanity, you know, that is Him putting His heart and His mind, His essence into all of us that we are all included. And you know, I think when we, the more I learn to to 
um, to um, detoxify from evangelicalism and hone into the mind of Christ within me. There, it's like a, I mean, there is so much inspiration that comes from just dialing into that and then looking out into the world through those lenses. You're like, oh, wow, this is just, I'm seeing things so differently now. And when you do that, man, you have the rest of your life to really see things differently and behave differently and, and carry yourself differently and, and your self-talk is different. And, um, I don't know what we were talking about, but <laughs> <laughs> no, you're talking, no, no, I love it. I love it. And, and you'd mentioned this. And so I want, I want you to, you, you kind of drop this and I knew I heard about it earlier before we went on air. So tell it, do you mind giving a little snippet or kind of a thesis or where, where, where talk about this book that you're writing? So I don't have a title, and um, I have a title that I'm dating right now. We're not married, but um, <laughs> we we are um, close to being engaged. And um, but leave room for the Holy Spirit. We, yes, I want to keep this. I've, yeah, got, okay. I've got one foot on the ground, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, but I think my hope for the book is to do a couple of things is to just speak so clearly to the reality of what we've become. Mm-hmm. And, and you've probably read my stuff. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't mince many words. Um, and, and I don't want to, cause I think the clarity is necessary. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time to tell my story enough to where a person says, you know what? Gosh, that's me too. I have these same, it may not be exactly, but I'm thinking a little bit about these same, same things too and to tell my story and then to come full circle and to say, hey, you know, um, here's how I found my way out. Mm. And I, I think that's pretty much the the skeleton of the book. Mm. I love it. I love it. It's solid. And so, so I want to do a, a little bit of shameless promotion for you if you're good with that. Yeah. Okay. So, so one thing I, I will tell you, so uh, my story for kind of stumbling upon you, if that's the right way of saying this, um, was we were both featured, not featured, we were both interviewed, I guess is the right way, um, in, in a documentary, oh, Chris you. Maloney. I huh? recognize yeah. that that was you, that was, you had a hat on in the thing. Yes, yes. Oh, so that yes. is you. Okay, so yeah, so, so we were both... <laughs> Okay, so yes, yeah, so we we both Thank had a co-experience. Where's the hat, bro? Oh, I will. I, it's uh, and I really so, think, by the way, I really thought at the end of that that documentary, now that guy there that was interviewed earlier, and he is the best looking guy in this whole <laughs> in this whole damn documentary. <laughs> That's which. Wait, we're trying to push the documentary. So if I'm the best looking guy in the documentary, yeah. this is not going to get yeah. anybody watches. Get, get Christian um, out of the way. Oh, <laughs> so yes, we were both in this. I'm sorry. Did we not say that when I was talking earlier? Okay. Uh, I <laughs> apparently lost my mind. Um, no, while we were talking. We did. Um, no, so so yes, so we were we were both we were both in this documentary. Um, I watched the documentary, and then I'm seeing Chris, the director, like post a bunch of your articles, and I keep like staring at this, and I was like, look, I was like, who is this guy? Like, I know him, like I know this guy, 
and I'm just so dumb, apparently, that I wasn't, like, recalling that I had seen a lot of you speaking in this. And I'm like, gosh, who is he? And so then I started digging into your writings and, like, you on Facebook and on your website. And one of the things I will say that I love, 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 um, and you do this. So if people want to find you, are you cool with me, like, yeah. Facebook blasting you out there? Okay. So it's, it's Chris Kratzer. So it's Chris, as most people would spell, Chris, C-H-R-A-S. Uh, Kratzer, K-R-A-T-Z-E-R. Um, and, and when I started digging into you a little bit more, you do these things. You said every once in a while. But, like, I loved it. And I, and I read it to my wife. And she was like, oh, my gosh, this was amazing. We had just had church. And you do this on Sundays, right? A lot of times? Yeah, Sunday morning. So, yeah, yeah. And so you'll post these. Uh, here's a message you probably won't hear at church this morning. Yeah. Um, dot, 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 dot. And, and they are so honest and so real and so beautiful and so on point. Um, it was one of these things where we're kind of just like collectively familial, like in our family, having like a little bit of church here. We're just like, oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. Like, I wish I had said that because I've thought that so many times. And and it is it is just it's amazing. And, and so I know, Chris, you are you're working a lot now on on a book. You write blog posts, which, again, is Chris Kratzer. Um, dot com. Um, if people want to be able to hunt you, track you down, or stalk you like I have, um, and to get it coming onto a podcast. And and Chris, I, I just do it. Like I, I just want to just say, like I love the work that you're doing. And and on top of it, th- this is one thing that I feel like oftentimes, and you'd mentioned this earlier, but I feel like that Christianity doesn't have people that speak honestly. And, and I feel like Jesus spoke honestly and, and truthfully and gracefully and from the heart. And, and I feel like what we tend to have so many times in institutionalized Christianity is, is the kind of the fake it till you make it or just keep faking it until the end of time kind of a thing. And, and it's just so full of BS that you don't kind of get that like, oh, my gosh, that is so refreshing. And, and as we're talking about this, I'm going to go ahead and quote you which is bizarre for me because I can see you on Skype right now. So I'm going to quote you to your face, which is kind of weird and sick um, because I'll say this, like, it, it's funny. Are we going to hug after this? We will. We'll hug it out. Um, and, <laughs> but it was like, okay, so are you familiar? And this is a total aside here, but are you, do you know anything about Peter Rollins? He's, a, he's another writer. He's an Irish dude. I don't. Um, oh, I, I've had Peter on the show before, and I was, I was going on, like, a road trip, and I purchased one of Peter's books, and Amazon's like, hey, you can, like, pay, like, five bucks extra and get the audio version. And I'm like, sweet. Uh, I've got a bunch of road to cover. I'm going to listen to this. And Peter is a, he's like an Irish theologian. And his, his, the whole, like, way, the candor and, like, just the way he talks is very specific. And so I get this, like, oh, sweet. Because I know Pete. I want to sit and listen to him talk. And it's some other guy. It's just some, like, some other guy. And literally, I think I was distracted through half of the book listening like just trying to wrap my head around knowing how Pete speaks and then listening to this other dude try to like speak and so as much as I hated that I'm gonna do it to you right now because um, apparently I never learned no but this is this is something that that's that's totally beautiful that you wrote especially speaking about the state of where we're at and it's from an article that you wrote back in December called America is not great and even this is a word I can never pronounce correctly evangelism ah see I'm getting it wrong here evangel 
evangel. Okay, screw this. Okay, so evangelicals aren't good. I'm just gonna go ahead and go with that. That's one of those words. I again, I'm not so good with words. Yeah, evangelicals. Um, is that what you said? Evangelicals? I thought it was evangelicalism. Yeah, evangelicalism. I finally yes, got it. Okay, it. okay, evangelicals easy. Evangelicalism. It just feels like a mouthful. Yeah. Um, and um, and so you said this at the end of your article, and I think this is beautiful, and I think this speaks like just to the heart of where we're at right now. Um, and you said, these are desperate times that call for determined bravery, bravery that begins with brutal honesty. For we have met the true enemy of all that is Jesus and all that is good, and it is us. We are the false accusers, bulliers, conquerors, oppressors, condemners, uh, the deceived deceivers, and the exploiters of humanity and abusers of all that is God who is love. America is not great. Evangel okay, whatever. Evangelism is not good. Uh, and, <laughs> and that's the truth. And it's high time that we wake up to it. Mm. And your tag phrase, you want to give it to me? Sure. Grace is yeah. be brave. Yes, beautiful. So, Chris, I just, just wanted to tell you, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so excited to, to check out your book. I want to have you back on. Cool. For shameless promotion for Let's your book. Um, anytime you want. And... Um, I just do. I mean, I think that being able to hear refreshing honesty and he hearing people that have gone through honest journeys, um, because our journeys are never the way we want them to be, but uh, we are where we're at. And as long as we can be honest and real and graceful in the midst of that, we're at a good place. Absolutely. And, and I just, I, I love where you're at. I love your voice. And I'll just want to say, just keep it up. And so for people that want to find you again, uh, Chris Kratzer, so C-H-R-A-S-K-R-A-T-Z-E-R.com. Find Chris, Facebook, stalk him, um, <laughs> and whatever else you need to do. Anything else you want to add to the end of this, Chris? No, man. You rock, buddy. Awesome. So thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you and the work you're doing. Thank you. End scene. So, Chris, thanks. Thank you so much. Hey, man. A pleasure. Uh, um, and, and Absolutely. Seriously, I would love to have you on again. Um, I just... Again, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I really, I really do love your words. I really do love the way your mind works. And, you know, uh, when I was asking you the question about, like, what feeds you, I just want to tell you right now, you're feeding me. Well, um, I appreciate that. And so I do. So just keep, keep, keep doing what you're doing. And, you're the same. You just. Um, and have you heard, like, Chris was messaging me about this the other day, that there is a, um, a Lynchburg revival that's happening. Have you caught wind of this? I have not heard that. So uh, Lynchburg, Virginia, the home of Liberty University. Oh, boy. Um, with so many things. Uh, Shane Claiborne is putting together a, uh, what he's calling a revival. Oh, I did hear about this. Okay, yeah, to speak truth and kind of to the belly of the beast, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and so I think he had talked to Chris, or he had contacted, Chris uh, texted me the other day, which is sad because I've only talked to him over Facebook, and he texts me, and he's really excited, and I have to go like, I'm sorry, who is this? <laughs> which... <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Like, we've had so many conversations over Skype and Facebook and I didn't have his number. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm so excited for you, man. But who are you? Um, and cause he had like a Kentucky area code and I'm like, I don't know who this is. Um, and so I think they're the, uh, the Shane Claiborne was, was wanting to dialogue with, uh, with Chris about being able to show the documentary nice. at this, at this revival. So, um, yeah, I told Chris, I was like, well, for me, it's only like, Two and a half, three hours away. Uh, for you, it's a little further. Yeah. But um, I don't when, know. When is that, that happening? 
since April sometime. Oh, um, okay, so we got a little bit of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and yeah, and the cool thing is, yeah, you're in my backyard, or I'm in your backyard. Yeah. Well, my we son goes to NC State, so. Oh, does he really? Yeah. Awesome. What What year is he? He's first year. First year? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, my oldest is, uh, what is he, a sophomore now? Um, and so we're, we have all that stuff on the horizon. Yeah. Is your son liking he loved, NC State? He loves it. Okay. And you have four, four kids? Four kids, yeah. Four kids. I got four kids. And they are, uh, it's a, it's a handful of a household. Yeah, it's it's a juggling act for sure. Oh gosh, uh, some days I juggle better than others. Uh, but sweet, yeah. If you're ever out in the area, or if I'm in the area, yeah, I'd love to do absolutely. coffee or craft beer with you as yeah. well too. Um, but uh, but man, uh, yeah. I, let's let's stay in touch. Um, I appreciate this, yeah, and I'll appreciate I'll, it. I'll, I'll hope it, I'll Facebook you and send you stuff. Yeah, I hope it's helpful. I hope there's some stuff that you can use in there, and most of all, I hope you know your listeners something will something will resonate with them. Oh, it's you said something in there. My main goal as like an editor is to edit as little as possible. And so like I love having just kind of natural dialogues where people are just yeah. talking and just being easy. So there's pretty much what you said is what's going on there. So that's not yeah. pretty much pretty much exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, yeah, whatever. I mean, I just hope that yeah. it's helpful for somebody, you know, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll I'll send you stuff uh for you just to check it out or hear it or whatever else you want to, but um uh, but again, yeah, keep on keeping on, brother. And uh, I love what you're doing, and I, I'd love to have you on here again. Awesome, buddy. Listen, take care. Awesome. Yeah, have a good Friday. You too. Thank you so much for your time. You bet. Thank you. All right. See ya. Well, that's all the time I've got this week. My much thanks to Chris Kratzer. And if you guys want to go check out his website, chriskratzer.com, that would be awesomeness. And also, if you've enjoyed this broadcast, you can also catch this episode and last episodes on podcast at www.snarkyfaith.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have questions, comments, anything else in that realm, you can message me questions at snarkyfaith.com. I love to hear from our listeners. And I want to leave you with this. It's a riddle. It's a puzzle. It's a question. It's really none of those. I just found it funny. So, this came from a news story. A grandmother in Brazil has accidentally been praying to a figure, a small little toy figurine of Elrond (laughs) from Lord of the Rings for many years. She thought it was St. Anthony. So this begs the question. And you guys can hop on our website. You can hop on other places and answer this question. Does it really matter who we're praying to as long as we're praying. Because I've got this little figurine of Steve Gutenberg that is sitting around here, and maybe I should pray to the gods of Gutenbergness? I'm not really sure. <laughs> All right, folks. That's it. I've run out of gas on this episode, but we'll be back with a full tank next week. So I send you off with grace and peace. And hopefully you all can survive another week to be able to come back and listen to some more snarky faith. All right, I'm out of here. God bless the United States. Thank you very much. United WCOM is listener-supported community radio, and Snarky Faith is only possible through our sponsors. 
Lumen, a spiritual community of seekers, sojourners, question askers, doubters, and skeptics, is a collective of fellow travelers that embrace the truth that all of life is sacred, hope is real, and tomorrow can be a better day than today. All are welcome. You can find more information at www.lumencommunities.com.